that doesn't allow for you to, to be in that full human state. And so it turns inwards and becomes this thing of, of, you know, you idiot, you should have known better. We, we should have da, 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 da. And it just spirals the whole thing. And if we could set aside the regret, we could maybe just actually deal directly with the pain that we feel and really what what is that pain really and maybe that pain is is just simply an idea that we have of ourselves and of our life and what it's supposed to be that actually needs to die this is way of the artist with brandon colby cook and evan schulte Exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Way of the Artist podcast. Uh, first things first, if you hear some noise outside, it's because there's some construction going on directly across the street so we apologize if that interferes hopefully it won't be too bad with that said we're still diving into it as we do exploring big themes and big topics and ideas and concepts and elements of the human condition experience which is really what art is all about and life is all about and art is all about life and so today, <laughs> and so today, we're talking about regret. Somewhat, we don't have a, a title necessarily. I just jotted down "getting real" about regret. But yeah, that's something that I think most of us as human beings we we deal with a lot. We, and I, I think that you know, Brandon, I'm going to hand it off to you because you were sharing some things about this, but. I think that a lot of us, we go around saying that we don't have regrets, you know, because I think it's one of those things where, you know, it's like a slogan, no regrets, you know, and, and live a life of no regrets and don't regret anything that ever happened. And I think that there is wisdom to that, but I think that we just sort of wear, we wear those slogans and that expectation of, of that because it's what we feel like we're supposed to do. And so we just, we just go around saying, it's like, oh, I don't have regrets, but actually we're walking around living with all kinds of regrets. And it can be sort of summed up in, in the saying of, if I had only done this, or if I should have done this, or I shouldn't have done that these moments that we reflect on where it seems like there was like a crossroads and we went this one way and it could have gone this way. And if it had gone this way, things would be so different. Whatever, whatever situation that we're not happy about right now, wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be that way or we would never have to confront this unpleasant situation. So I think that's as much as I'll, I'll get into now, but I, I'm looking forward to getting into some ideas around this that we had explored before we started recording, particularly with shame, forgiveness, 
and pain, right? Which are, are things that I think have a lot to do with regret. So I'll leave it there. Brandon, how do you want to begin this conversation? I was going to say the same thing about the no regrets thing. You know, I do think it's a slogan. I think that we all hear it, most of us at least, and, you know, and we, we do our best not to live with regrets, you know, try to accept your choices and own it and move on. But it's not always that simple because we inevitably make mistakes in our life and things go wrong. And sometimes things can go dramatically wrong. And I'm going to say that in quotation marks, wrong is perception. And that's hard to rectify and justify and sort out. And something that I've been working through has been the idea that like, did I actually have a choice or is that an illusion? And the reason why I bring that up is because I do like... I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter what I think if we have free will or we're destined or whatever, but I do believe that we experience our life as having free choice. But I don't know if we always have as much choice as we think we do. And I think that for a lot of our life, we're unconscious. And some of us, I don't think everybody we begin to become conscious and aware and self-aware and through self-awareness and through a sense of becoming conscience, like, like conscious, we, I, I totally said that wrong, but whatever, <laughs> there you go. I regret it. Uh, but the point is, is that we do like, once you become self-aware and you begin to identify your patterns and you begin to see how your origins shaped you how your parents shaped you, how your culture shaped you, you begin to see that those things essentially planted a seed of choice in you before you ever got to that moment. And in some ways, you were always going to choose to go the way you went because it was the program and the pattern that you were wired up with. And because you were unconscious of it, you couldn't really make another choice. Although when you look back, you think, oh, I, I should have done this or I shouldn't have done that. But you have to remember that at that moment, when you made that choice, whatever you did, it made sense to you. And you, in your mind, whatever, figured it, this is the right way to go. And this is what I'll do. And then you had an interaction with the world and it gave you feedback and insight and, and education. And through that education and insight and feedback, you, you, you realized, hey, I made a mistake. This went wrong. I should have done that. Now, if it's minor, it's kind of easy to go, oh, I learned something. Wait, what a great life lesson. But if it's major, like if something really, really big happens, like, uh, you know, maybe you lose all your money. Maybe you get in a car accident. Maybe somebody dies. That, that is very difficult to work through. That, that can, can leave you with regrets and you thinking I should have done something else and I should have shouldn't have done what I did or whatever. And then you live your life and the further away you get from that event, the more the impacts of that event have on your life and they play out. And so regrets, very interesting. Also, here's one, one last thing I'll point out just before I pass it back to you is that I found that regret 
is one of those things that you don't, you, you people who say I don't have regrets, they tend to be in a place in their life where things are good and they're working. When you get to a place in your life where things are not working, where something is wrong, maybe you're going through a breakup, maybe you just lost some money, maybe you're struggling with something, that's when regrets start to poke their head up. That's when you actually get to identify them and see them. So if you're walking around going, I don't have any regrets, just look at your life. Is everything kind of just going well and working out right now? Of course you don't because everything that you chose worked out to that and it all seems really good right now. But you might find yourself in another moment where it isn't working out and that's when you'll begin to rectify or have a chance to rectify and actually look at and see your unconscious patterns playing out that maybe you didn't like. And sometimes, you know, I know I'm carrying on here, but sometimes we actually go on a a whole like long run of just things are working, things are working, things are working, and we just feel great and everything's awesome. And then all of a sudden that momentum of that train that we thought was just so on track, going the right way, all of a sudden, boom, it derails. And you're like, what the hell? And you think that when it derailed, you made the wrong choice, but you don't realize that there were seven, 20, a hundred choices that led up to that one choice that was your regret that actually led you. You were actually going down the wrong path a hundred choices earlier, but you never felt the impacts or the effects of those wrong choices that led up to that one that broke the camel's back Mm -hmm. kind of situation. So Anyway, this is something we're going to get into because I feel this is a huge part of our journey as artists and people in life, figuring out how to navigate this world. And uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Did anything come up for you? Yeah, uh, there's a number of things, but let me let me start with let me start with Mike Tyson. <laughs> you know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? And I think that that has a lot to do. We can we can we can sort of shoehorn that into this conversation a little bit where it's like, yeah, there's, there's no regrets until you've, you hit a, some pain, some real pain, because that's, I think that that's part of what regret is, is it's a way in which we are trying to, it's a way in which we're dealing with something that's painful and I also think it's kind of an avoidance of pain. It's a a kind of intellectual sort of thing that we insert to keep us from experiencing that thing that we feel, right? And that pain can be in some of the things that we're, you know, mentioned like, like shame, right? Like shame is a very painful thing, shame and guilt, terribly painful thing to, to live with. So I think that, yeah, everything that you're saying is is that yeah, like regret comes out of a painful experience that you're living with. And so we put that onto a thing of, oh, if I'd only done this, then I wouldn't then I wouldn't have to be feeling this thing that I'm feeling right now. But I think that we can also look at this in a way that you know, maybe think, what if you did make a different decision, right? Well, you, you would still probably at some point come up to some situation in your life where a similar choice 
would be made and you would be confronting that pain at some point anyhow, right? Because there's a type of ignorance that we're working with, right? And there's that, that comes with just being, being human. This is actually something that you, you said before that, that really, that really stuck out to me is that living with regret is, is, I don't remember how you put it, but it's like living with regret is, is like denying your humanity, right? It's, it's refusing, not allowing yourself to be human, right? It's like, because it supposes that there's all of these things that you should have known, right? And, and that's, that's a lot of pressure. I think that's like a lot of what, what stops people from taking certain actions in, in their life is because that, that can just be so, so paralyzing, right? To, to be living with that kind of pressure on yourself to have to know everything before you do anything, (laughs) which is an impossible thing to do, by the way, to be like, it's impossible to know, to know everything before you do anything. Like, it's just, it's not how, how life works. And part of those, those making mistakes is that's how we become wise. That's how we actually have real growth. And I think that in so many ways, the pain that we feel has, this is a lot, this is, I'll I'll pass it back to you, but I think that that pain that we feel is so much of, it's a, it's a kind of confusion that we're, that we're living with because we're, we're hanging on to, I think, an idea of who we're supposed to be, an unrealistic view of who we're supposed to be, one that does not fully accept who we are. You know, there's a kind of a, a self-hatred that's going on there, I think, that says like, that that is so that doesn't allow for you to to be in that full human state and so it turns inwards and becomes this thing of of you know you idiot you should have known better we, we should have da 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 and it just spirals the whole thing and if we could set aside the regret we could maybe just actually deal directly with the pain that we feel and really what, what is that pain really? And maybe that pain is, is just simply an idea that we have of ourselves and of our life and what it's supposed to be that actually needs to die. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one, man. I mean, Letting, letting a part of yourself that is not good for you, that's a toxic pattern or just, you know, not a healthy pattern, let's put it that way, can be very difficult because, you know, there's, sometimes we have these bad patterns or these, uh, you know, toxic or unhealthy patterns that we don't want to accept our 
that way. We, they've gotten us something. We like them because they made life easier at one point or whatever. And maybe our friends do them. Maybe our family does them, something like that. And they were normalized in a certain environment. And then all of a sudden you're in a new environment and you begin to realize, Hey, this isn't, this isn't a good pattern. This isn't a good way to be. Um, you know, and for example, let, let me bring up two that are really great juxtapositions. We all know being judgmental is not a good thing to do, right? Like, but yet we do it all the time. We judge all the time and we judge harshly and we judge unfairly and we judge without compassion and without kindness and without consideration. And not only do we do this to others, we do this to ourselves. And then we live with that. And look, if you think you don't, <laughs> look in that mirror, look a little deeper, go look at yourself in the mirror for 10 minutes. You want to find out if you're judgmental. You'll find stuff you don't like. You'll find stuff that you want to change. You'll find stuff that you wish was different. I don't care who you are, supermodel or whatever, you will, you will see it. And um, so we have this judgment and then we have that on ourselves and then we cast that upon others. And then let's take another one. Um, somebody who's racist, for example, okay, but their family was racist and they learned racism and we have these judgments and we look, oh, you're a racist, you're a bad person. We don't understand. We don't have the compassion and the care and consideration that that was a little kid that maybe had parents or an environment or whatever that taught them to hate somebody because of their skin color or culture or whatever. And so that person is is maybe racist. And look, maybe this is you listening on the other end of this. And maybe you've identified this in yourself. Maybe you've seen yourself do it. Maybe your friends do it. Maybe your family does it, right? And and you don't want to make them bad people. So you kind of hang on to it. You don't really let it go. Maybe somebody hurt you of a certain culture or race or whatever. Maybe you experienced that. And so you you cast them into this group, this perception of them, right? Now you got this you got these patterns that are toxic and unhealthy. You got a judgmental person and you got a racist person. And there's, you know, and maybe they're the same person. Now that person might make choices based on being that way. And then when you become consciously aware and you recognize that, hey, I, I'm judgmental or, hey, I'm racist or I'm sexist or I'm whatever it is that you saw in yourself. You can hate yourself and say, I'm a terrible person. And that's shame. And shame is, 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 is a part of our culture because we're so judgmental and we don't have a healthy relationship to judgment. We don't have a healthy relationship to ourself. We don't have a, a certain amount of integration into our humanity and humility as people. We, we don't accept our flaws. And Maybe as you get older, you begin to start to work through this, or maybe if you had good mentors or teachers or coaches, you're a little more advanced, but most people don't. And so we all struggle with this. And then shame is what you're left with. And part of shame, you know, you know, I've had to face it in my own way. Like, you know, one of my shames is just, I feel like an idiot all the time. You know, I feel like just a dumbass. I just make mistakes and I, you know, I say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or whatever. And, um, you know, and then I'm like, well, you know, you're, and I'm ashamed, you know, because I'm like, oh, I should have been smart. I got fooled. That guy took advantage of me. 
I'm too trusting. I'm too naive. You know, all this, like, those are all signs of being an idiot or a dummy or whatever your judgment is. Right. And so instead of just going, Hey, you know what? I trusted somebody and I didn't know not to trust them. And they took advantage of that. It doesn't mean that I'm dumb. It doesn't mean that I'm an idiot. It just means that I trusted and I didn't know any better. And yeah, they, they, maybe they took advantage of me. Maybe they got some money out of me that they shouldn't have got out of me, or they got some time or energy, or they took something from me and they, they essentially stole it or manipulated or tricked me. And you can have shame about that, or you can go, you know what? I'm human and I didn't know any better. And now I do. And I can regret that choice. Oh, I shouldn't have trusted that person. I shouldn't have done that. I, you know, and this is, this is the thing where you, if you could just have compassion for yourself and say, you know what? When I made that choice, I didn't know. And now I do. And I'm not going to make, I'm not going to be the person I am today and judge the person I was yesterday. Cause you see how, how fucking sneaky it is, how it sneaks in. And I do this to myself. I have this, this present self and I, I like to, you know, think of myself as compassionate and kind and caring. But the truth is sometimes I'm a judgmental ass to my younger self. And I don't give him the grace that he, he needed, right? And then I, I almost hold it against myself because I'm paying for some of the stuff that he did wrong, wrong, quote unquote. So yeah, I mean, it's like, we, you know, at the end of the day, man, it's humanity and it's, it is humanity because it comes down to kindness and compassion and care and consideration and understanding and ultimately awareness. And I think that you know, regret is a lack of awareness. It's a lack of being conscious of yourself and of the world and of the journey of a human being. And so, um, you know, we do, we need to navigate our regrets and we need to heal them. And we, and we need to stop just saying slogans like no regrets. And we actually need to have no regrets. Like we actually have to go back and do it. And we have to grant others the same gift and say, look, um, you, you did this thing and I didn't like it, but it, it's not you. You just did the bad thing. You're not the bad thing. You just did the bad thing. Because if you cast someone as a bad person, now you also live by that sword, right? And so, I mean, I sound like I'm fucking <laughs> preaching here, but the thing is, is this is what I'm working out in my own life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm realizing, I'm like, hey man, this is just a moment in your life. You're not, you're not that moment, yeah. You, you've been taken advantage of a few times, but it doesn't mean you're an idiot. It just means you were trusting and you needed to trust enough people who kind of screwed you over, took advantage of you. And that's how you learn the lesson. And other people maybe learned it easier, but it doesn't make them better than you. It doesn't make you worse than them. It just means that that was your process of learning. That was your journey. Oh, lots of good stuff there, Brando. Lots of good stuff there. I... You know, yeah, there's this, you know, I always love it when we take on sort of like a a token piece of colloquial wisdom that we throw out there, like, like live with no regrets. And because here, the, the thing is, is that there is, it's a true statement, right? Like it's a, it's a true statement. There's real actual wisdom there. The problem is, is that we so often with these sayings is we, we just stop there at the surface level without going into okay but but why is that a good and i think that we have explored a few of those things already right like in in terms of 
self-acceptance and accepting yourself as human and allowing yourself to make mistakes and, and things like that. But, you know, one of the other things, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think we've talked about this before. And I think a lot of people are, have done this or are aware of it, but we'll just give it a bit of time, which is that you know, if you really take a look at the, some of the choices that you made that you're feeling regret around, right? You can, you can look at how, if you had made the different decision, you know, okay, but think about what that might've done, right? A, like there's all of these things that you probably learned from making a mistake that you wouldn't have learned. Like you, you, you wouldn't just be in that other, in that other timeline where things are better, but you've also gained this, this wisdom. Like you don't get both of them. Right. And also there's that you might be able to discover that there's all sorts of other things that wouldn't have happened. There might've been a very, there might be a very important person in your life that you wouldn't have met had things gone off and, and, and succeeded in this one area that you're, you're all hung up on. Right. That might've come with not having a certain success in another area of life that you have had. Right. And that's another thing too, is this thing of, of gratitude as well, which can be a terrific remedy to regret as well. But anyhow, I think that there's, that was just, I want to cover that as, as another aspect of, you know, why is this thing of no regret living a life, no regret, you know, why is that actually an important thing that we, we try to live up to, but it doesn't mean that it gets, we, we just say it, we get around from actually having to deal with when we're truly actually feeling that. Because as much as we say it, we don't actually really live it in our society, right? Like we say it, but we're walking around, everyone's walking around with, with regrets and these failures that, that haven't really been worked through, right? And I think that's, there's something about, you know, we really have to, we really have to feel our way through regret, right? I think that there's there's grieving that has to happen or that is happening, you know, when, especially for the, the big stuff, like you were saying, like the easy, like, you know, the small mistakes, those are, those are pretty easy to move through, but you know, things as they start to get a little bit bigger, at least in our minds, they, they become stickier, right? They stick to us a little bit more and, and yeah, we have to feel our way through them. Right. And, and again, that's why I think that when we start hearing ourselves talking about this, oh, I should have done this instead of that. It's like, well, that's take that as a sign that there's some, that there's some pain there that, that, that you haven't really allowed yourself to feel. And, and in that whole thing, we really have to find our way to forgiveness. You know, I think that that's really the, it might be the biggest thing in terms of moving through regret. I think it was from one of Dan Millman's books. He has a line that says, it is a hard thing to forgive oneself for one's life. Right. And like, he's talking about like that. I think that that's, we can all, look at our lives and 
and find these moments where things didn't didn't go the way that we wanted to dreams that we had at some point in our life that that didn't become fulfilled and and not even because of a, a case of not trying right like and sometimes though that can be the those can be the hardest ones are the dreams that you you pursued wholeheartedly i mean fuck man like we're way of the artist here like have a conversation with any artist you know and and most of them will be able to to tell you about heartbreaks of these dreams that they went after that didn't that didn't go out the way that that they dreamed of them happening right but i think that that's again to even talk about it that way and to look at it that way is a disservice to the things that did happen in our life you know and and forgiving ourselves i think can allow us to embrace more of that mysterious nature of our lives unfolding right I think that that's, that's such an important thing because again, and I'll, I know I'm, I'm talking a lot here, but how else do we have wonder in our lives if not for things not going how we thought they would? how we thought they would did that okay for a second i was like did that's it's like those words got jumbled in my head like did i say a sentence that made sense but yeah it's how how else do we have wonder mm-hmm. right and i think that that's it's when again when we're so hung up on our idea of something that we miss the beauty of the things that do happen the beauty of how things do pan out but it requires that letting go, right? And sometimes that the, that thing that we're letting go of is something that we've had for that, that we've been walking around with for so long. As you're saying, whether it's something that we got from our family or our culture, like these things that were planted into us um, that don't necessarily belong to us, right? But it can create again part of that that stickiness of these things where it's like, no, but it is, it's supposed to be like this, isn't it? Isn't it supposed to be like this? Isn't this how it was supposed to go? Isn't this what my life is supposed to look like right now? And maybe it was never supposed to look like that. You know, like that's, I, I, I know I'm still going, I'm still going. This is, a, this is my last thing. This is my last thing. You know, I'm, Humanity used to talk a lot about fate. We used to deal a lot with 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 fate as a as a culture and that's become kind of an unfashionable way of of looking at the world now in our lives. Like I, it's not completely gone but to a large degree most of us don't don't go around it's like well it was fate, you know, maybe every now and then, but it's like, you know, there's something there's something that's almost so unfortunate that we've lost that that sense because fate was one of is one of these beautiful concepts. There's a lot of beauty to it in that 
it's part of a, it's it's something that we figured out that helps us to actually embrace the mysteriousness of our lives and embrace more wonder into our lives helping us to actually let go of these things just like oh wow that didn't that didn't go how i tried to make it go it's the fates the fates because and 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 because the fates are not just like no closed door the fates were no 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 this door is not open this door is open to you go through that door see what's there because there's something else in store for you there's something else planned for you and in that way we become it we're we're expansive again as opposed to just limited no oh, i couldn't will this into happening the way i wanted it to and there's no reason other than the fact that i'm a fucking idiot like what's a better view wow man you said a lot <laughs> i did i did okay so let me comment on a couple things one i just want to go back you said forgiveness is a big part of it i really do agree with that i just have to say i feel like that's a huge part of it all because you you know i think uh you have to forgive yourself and and be willing to i think it helps when you forgive others because you can begin to forgive yourself when you when you forgive others so if you're not forgiving others there's a there's a high likelihood that you're not forgiving yourself and i'd actually say that it's actually easier to forgive others than it is to forgive yourself truly um Although it may seem easier to forgive yourself, I think it's actually a harder thing to do. But I do think that's a really important aspect of regret. But I do think that one does help the other. Yeah, th yeah, they do. Yeah, one helps the other. Yeah, for sure, they're related. Um, well, there was a lot that you said, and uh, you know, um, the fates thing I think is an interesting one as well. You know, to consider that you're not like I think there's a certain amount of we have a lot of arrogance in our culture today in the sense that we think we will a lot more than we do. I don't think we actually put as much together as we think we do. And if we do put it together, we don't do it as consciously as we think we're doing it. We do it more unconsciously and without even realizing we're doing it. And I don't think we should take so much credit for it. I think it's an error to take so much credit for everything. I think it's a double-edged sword too because we love it when we get a win because we get to say, look at me, I made the right choice. I'm so great. But we hate it when we take a loss and we make a mistake. But you live by the sword you, you know, you wield. So, you know, one of the, one of the things I would say, I mean, just as an artist practice, I would say don't take so much credit for everything. Try not to take credit for it. In fact, you know, one of my, one thing I would tell my younger self is like, look, you're, very, you're in control of very little. You, you're going to think you're in control of a lot more than you actually are, but you're in control of very little and let go more often. And, you know, and, and that's where I would say, you know, trust your instinct, go with the moment, follow your heart, do the things that, that feel true and right and be authentic and, and recognize that where those feelings and thoughts and sensations are coming from are not really anything more than an internal guiding system that you have no idea where that came from and why it's there. And, and you got to let go of your mind and your logical thought about what you think is the right thing to do and the best thing to do. 
And then every now and then, you need to learn the wisdom of when to override it. And the only way you're going to do that is by making some mistakes and, and, you know, but I have found in my life that if I tend to follow my heart, if I tend to listen to my gut, it very rarely leads me wrong. And I would say, actually, it never leads me wrong. Even if it leads me to something I don't like, it leads me to something inevitably, vitally important. Um, so anyway, I mean, there's a lot to say, but a lot of this came out of this book that I'm reading because I was talking to one of my coaches about how something that I've been working through is like how sometimes I look at my life and I go, oh man, if only I did this. And I remember like that, that's not really like I would have to give things up. Like, you know, if you go back to a choice point in your life, you say, well, if I made this choice, think about what would have happened. Like, so you only think about the positives because you think, oh, if only I did this, all these positives would have happened. But think about the consequences of that action. Think about who you wouldn't have met Think about what you wouldn't have learned. Think about the experiences you wouldn't have had. And then those are all what you get. Then think about the impacts that you've had on other people's lives and other things out there in the world's like experience. And that would have never happened. And you have no idea. There's no way to track the consequences that, that, that could have occurred had you gone the other way and, and, and what damage might have been caused not only to your life, but to other people's lives. And would you be willing to live with that? And, you know, so there's a, it's a whole gymnastics game where like at first it's a very half-baked idea. I, I believe regrets are very half-baked. You only thinking about one side of the regret. You're not thinking about it holistically. But if you listened to, if you, if you not only listen to the wisdom that's within you to, to, to feel what other people would feel, to think about the impacts, to, to consider what you take for granted today and would lose you, you begin to recognize, hey, maybe that wasn't actually the best choice because it would mean giving up this and this is one of the best things in my life. And so if it was between having this, say, uh, person or this thing in my life, would I be willing to give that up for this thing? And it's like, well, you know, you're really going to have to ask yourself that question. So anyway, I want to read a quote from the book that I've been reading and I really highly recommend this to anybody if this if anything in this conversation is landing or resonating with you. This book was recommended by a coach of mine. It's called The Midnight Library, and it's an international bestseller. Great book. It's about what, what if you made different choices in your life, and it follows those paths, and it shows the character, like what might have happened had they gone this way or that way, and it's very fascinating, very interesting. But there's this one quote from a particular page, and it goes like this. Do you ever think... How did I end up here? Like you're in a maze and totally lost and it's all your fault because you were the one who made every turn. And you know that there are many routes you could that could have helped you out because you hear all the people on the outside of the maze who made it through and they're laughing and smiling. And sometimes you get a glimpse of them through the hedge, a fleeting shape through the leaves. And they seem so damn happy to have made it and you, don't re and, and you don't resent them, but you resent yourself for not having the, uh, their ability to work it all out. Do you? Or is this maze just for me? And I think that's just such a, when I read that page, I was like, oh man, okay, I'm going to sit with that one. <laughs> cool. 
I'm going to sit with that one and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to chew on that for a bit because there's so much in there. And I just think, you know, it's like that for all of us. We're all in this maze and we're all looking out the hedge and we all think that someone else made it and they figured it out and we didn't. And, you know, and that's where these regrets live. And, and we don't always recognize that they're on that other side of the hedge looking at us going, oh man, they made it. And, and I didn't, I fucked up and I made my error. So I know you're chewing on that, Evan. What do you got to say? Yeah, it's like, I, I think we should all just sit and chew on that one for a while. My God, this is why, that's why, that's why reading is so important. Because <laughs> there's just something about books that can communicate shit that no other medium can communicate. You know, a great writer can just put, can just put something you know, like how would you how would you put that into a movie? Matt Haig, yeah, Matt Haig, the Midnight Library. That sounds that that sounds like a book that I want to read when you're when you're done with it. Um, oh man, yeah, that whole like grass is always greener in someone else's yard type of a thing. Oh man, I don't even. I had so many thoughts while you were talking, and that's just totally thrown. <laughs> that's just totally thrown me for for a moment here. Well, I had a I had a whole day to process that, Evan, so I understand because after I read that one I, I had to sit with it. And you know, I think certain times in your life certain things resonate more than other times and they're just you know, you can hear them or get them at that moment and that time. And uh yeah, I mean, you know, this is one of those things that I've been I've been working through. I've been I've been really working it out because um, you know, uh in my life, you know, just to kind of share and maybe be a little bit vulnerable, there were patterns that I was living out from my family and from my culture and community that were not good, not healthy, not I'm not proud of them. And I'm embarrassed about some of them. I'm ashamed of some of the things that I said and did in my younger years. I mean, there's a part of me that looks back and goes, it's not so bad, but there's another part of me that's just like, oh man, like, couldn't you have done it better? Couldn't you have been different? You know, what's wrong with you? All these types of things, right? And even that, even that voice that judges and observes and I'm just like, I don't even like that. And so then it's just been like, wait a minute. I could have gone all these different paths down, down all these different ways, you know, but I'm on this path and I'm on this life and I'm this person right here, right now. And I can sit around all day and imagine how I could have done it differently and could have been better and could have whatever, but I'm here today and I'm aware. And so now I have the opportunity to decide what step to take and maybe in my past, I didn't. And so I look at it this way and I go, well, if I'm aware of that and if I can accept this life fully and accept that the guy I was all the way leading up to this was a human, a flawed human that was imperfect and made mistakes but isn't his mistakes, then I could be free today to live a life 
of anything I wanted and I could, I could, I could be free of the trappings of whoever it is that I thought I was. Yeah. That whole notion of die to die to yesterday, you know, and the wisdom of that is just so that you can, you can fully live your life now and for, and for the future. Right. Like, I think that that's maybe one of like the, the biggest, the biggest problems with regret is it's a robber. It's a, it's a robber of our lives, right? Like it's, it's, uh, it's a form of self-destruction, I think, because that, those stories of, of regret keep us pinned in a certain place, right? Yeah, it, it, it keeps us in this place that we don't actually want to be. And something that had run through my mind uh, before with this whole thing of, because as you've, and we've mentioned in this episode, regret is so often filled with with shame and and guilt and it reminded me of a quote who surprise surprise i can't remember who said it but <laughs> it's it goes something like like shame is punishing ourselves before god doesn't and i mean we can work around that word if 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 it it doesn't if if it's offensive to you the universe or karma or whatever it is you know but it's this way of we could say that regret is a way of punishing ourselves so why are you punishing yourself what are you getting out of this thing right that's that that's something that that can be a good question to ask too. It's like, well, what are you getting out of this regret? What are you getting out of this, out of this story, out of living this thing over, out of beating yourself? What are you getting out of it? Because there's something that you're getting out of it, even though it's actually rotting you from the inside. But there's some little thing that it's giving you, right? What is that thing that it's giving you? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that what that thing might be. But again, coming back to this thing of forgiveness, you know, like that's like there's there's maybe nothing more more beautiful and human. Might be the most beautiful human thing that we're capable of in in this life and in this world, which is forgiveness to be able to forgive someone else, to be able to forgive ourselves, to release someone or ourselves from suffering. Right. I mean, that's, that's one of the most loving acts that we can, we could possibly ever do to forgive, to 
fully accept ourselves and each other as human, right? And forgiveness doesn't always come easy. And as you said, I think I think it it can be harder to forgive ourselves than than other people, although many of us can probably think of a person <laughs> or two that it's hard to forgive for for some sort of, you know, potentially very very real and even deserved um scorn from our part but forgiveness is is a way of of releasing ourselves and forgiveness is also one of those things where it's it's given it's given completely or it's not given at all. And I think that's where, <laughs> that's the real, that's the real stickler with forgiveness, right? Because, you know, over, over the course of my life, I've definitely heard people, you know, make a comment to the effect of just like, it's like, yeah, yeah I, I forgive them. I forgive them for what they did, but you know, da, 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 right. And you just like, well, you haven't, you haven't forgiven them. I mean, don't get me wrong. Forgiveness doesn't mean that that you always that suddenly it's hey, we're the best of friends, you know. But it does mean that you you truly don't hold resentment in your heart for this person anymore, right? And that's where I think it can get really tough and which is why I think forgiveness is often referred to as a practice right it's it's something that that just doesn't doesn't just come I mean I think maybe sometimes it does you know by by the the grace of some moment in our in our lives that it, it can just happen but to a large degree it's something that we have to actively practice doing and and work at it and and spend time with it and and again feel it right it it's not it's not an intellectual thing that that we're doing because where forgiveness is required there's a lot of emotion that's built into it all so yeah we'll just leave it at that <laughs> okay you brought up an interesting word resentment you know, I wasn't thinking about that until you brought it up. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's a big part of this. Because when you don't forgive yourself, you resent yourself. I mean, it's, it's you resent the person that made the error and whatever. And you know, I, there is a story. I've shared this a couple of times in the podcast. I'll share it again. I remember I was having trouble forgiving uh, a few people, a couple people at least. And I remember you said to me, you know, can you forgive yourself for not being able to forgive them? And actually... That was my first step in, in, in at least beginning the process of healing that relationship in the sense that I wasn't hanging on to this hurt and resentment, you know? And um, I think forgiveness is, is an interesting thing in the sense that the smaller your world is, the harder it is to forgive. The bigger you, you expand yourself, the more forgiveness is not only easier, but it's just necessary and it becomes 
um, almost a sense of how you free yourself to become who you need to become because not forgiving and resenting keeps you small. And because you're small, you won't forgive and you resent. I mean, you make the little thing such a big deal when you, when you move on, like, and you, you, you expand your world and you begin to see and understand, you know, you begin to find forgiveness because you can, you know, you begin to see how that happened. So like, you know, my uncle at one point, I hated him. I just hated him to, I, I don't even like the most hate I ever felt in my whole life. I just hated him hate, hate, like just beyond anything. And I was the hardest thing to deal with. And and I had dark thoughts and it was consuming me and I didn't want it to consume me, but I didn't know what to do about it. And it took years. It took a long time to work it out, figure it out. And then at a certain part, some point, I, I guess, I realized like why he did what he did, how that, how his life was. And I begun to find myself in his shoes and see how that could have been me. Although like, you know, there's definitely this part of me that sits on a high horse and goes, I never would have done that. But to try to make sense of his action and not to just cast him as a villain and a bad guy, but to understand him as like a hurt kid, a hurt person. And once I began to understand that, you know, he had hurt and that I had hurt and that our hurt, if acted out on the world could be bad. I began to realize that my, rage and my my anger and my hate was was really just judgment and not to say that what he did and 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 how our relationship evolved like i'm not saying it was okay i'm not saying it was good i'm not even saying like like i'm not i'm not gonna like necessarily forget it but at the same time it's like understanding like how did this like happen. And one of the other things that helped me with forgiveness, Evan, was that I realized that it wasn't so personal, that it wasn't about me as much as I thought it was about me. And I think when I had all this anger and hate and all these dark feelings and thoughts, I used to think it was so personal. I used to think it was like, you know, it was so much about me. And, and soon well, not soon, but when I realized that it was about him, it freed me of that kind of, I don't know, like, like being attacked as a person, like, you know, and all the, you know, all the story that was around just my feeling of hurt and whatever. And, um, you know, it's interesting when you, when you find forgiveness because forgiveness because you find it doesn't necessarily like, I also realized that with my uncle, without getting into the details of all that, that he had to live with what he had done. And 
that that had impacts and consequences on his own life. And that there was probably a lot of shame and embarrassment and regret, I'd imagine. And then he had to live with that because it was already done. It's too late. And so then, you know, after forgiveness comes the next thing that you never think you'll ever find when you're in hate, which is love. And it's fucking profound. And then all of a sudden, the person you hated, you find love for. And it's just like, what in the world has come of me? And, 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 you, and then you know you've healed. Then you know the, the wound is, is tidied up and it's done and it, you move on. And it's just, it just doesn't sting anymore. It just, you can pour all the salt you want on it and it's just fine. It's just fucking done. And uh, the scar is still there, but the wound is healed. And the, it's not, and it's not that it's like you toughened up and you just fucking, I'm not going to feel it anymore. It's, it's like, I can go back and I can feel it and I can empathize with the kid that I was that experienced what he experienced and all of that shit. And also, you know, with love, you can begin to find a certain sense of responsibility in the whole thing too. And look at like how you played a part in it and, and, and how maybe you enabled certain things and whatever. And, you know, victimhood is such a seductive thing and I've, I've been trying to escape it my whole life, but it sneaks in all the time. Mm -hmm. Fucking little sneaky little fuck. And, uh, I always tell people like, don't choose victimhood. If you ever have a choice, always try to go the other way. And, you know, I'll find myself in victimhood, but I have to forgive myself for that because I have to recognize that usually when I find myself in victimhood, it's an unconscious thing. I'm not aware that I'm doing it. So for example, even regret, I think is victimhood. And you asked a great question. You said, what do I get out of it? And I think for me, I'm just, you know, I'll just share through me because I think it's the boldest, most courageous thing to do is that when I allow myself to feel regret, I get to justify the victimhood of not feeling up to something today. And I get to justify not living up to it and not doing it because I can go, well, I'm not being this way or doing this thing because this happened to me or I did this thing and, and I don't deserve it or, or I fucked up so bad I can never have it or whatever. I blew my shot, you know, all this stuff. And I realize that that's just a fancy form of victimhood. And then the champion, which I always try to encourage myself to find, would say that none of that is real. You, you know, your feelings today are not, yeah, I mean, you can track them back to that moment, but also that moment isn't real anymore. It's done, like it's over. And those these feelings you're hanging on to are all your story, your narrative, and you're doing it because really the truth is, the truth is that you're scared to go do something else. So you're using this fancy regret strategy, which is an avoidance strategy, something we've been talking about a lot. It's a fancy avoidance strategy for you to not admit that you're just scared. Because you like to walk around and say, I did the courageous thing. I was vulnerable on a podcast. I shared a real story. It's like, no, you're just a fucking scared kid and you've always been a scared kid. And why don't you just accept that and love yourself? And you know what? You're scared. So what? And you know what? Maybe you still be scared after this podcast is done, but maybe you can forgive yourself for that. And maybe you can begin 
to build the strength to go do the thing and stop telling this bullshit story about how you did something wrong in the past and that's why you can't live the life you want to live and do the things you need to do today. And maybe it's going to take you a fucking day or a year or whatever. Maybe you'll never figure it out. But you know what? At least you'll be honest and real and not telling some bullshit, blaming some past event or blaming someone else or some choice you made to justify being small. And you can just own that you're just being small because you're scared. And then I think for me, if I just owned that I was being small because I'm scared, I would probably stop being small because I would go, you know what? If all I got to do is face my fear, let's pick up the phone and call that person and let's just see what fucking happens. Wow, man. Wow. <laughs> I'm all about that. I'm all about that that soapbox right there, sir. Yeah, I think that Let's see if there's a few things I don't see how I can wade my way through this one. And it's interesting because you, you, you bring up, you know, the champion, right? And I think that I've never thought about it this way necessarily, but the champion is filled with compassion, right? Two words are pretty similar to each other, right? The champion is filled with compassion, the champion is not blind or apathetic to what's going on, right? To that, to that truth and that reality. It is fully aware of that thing and is, and honors that thing, right? But it's, it's, it comes to it with 100% complete compassion to that thing because that's the only way that you can begin to heal that thing and and begin to move through it right there was something else that i want to say because i feel like you you helped to clarify something that that came up earlier in the podcast that i was i was having a bit of a hard time moving moving to a, a some kind of a resolution with it and and you'd brought it in oh man it was it was it was oh yeah it was about dealing because then we would just have to deal with the pain of the thing right if we if we move past the regret of the thing then we would just be left with the pain of the thing and i think that so much of that pain you were you were talking about that that pain is Maybe that pain is just admitting that I'm scared or I'm hurt, right? Or that I'm not okay, right? Like it's just admitting this thing to ourselves that is a hard thing for us to say in this world, you know, is a hard thing for us to, to, yeah, like let alone admit it to somebody else, but to admit it to ourselves. And the last thing, because I know we're coming to the to the end of this, we got to wrap this one up. But there was something I I jotted down because there was something you said, and and it kind of clicked something in for me. But you said something about about how it we sort of act out into the world, and so I just wrote this down. I said our pain acted out 
in the world without being tempered by compassion will burn the whole thing down. And I feel like, I mean, right now in the world, I see a lot of that. You know, there's a lot of people who have been through a lot of pain who have not tempered that pain with with the compassion. And it's just causing all kinds of havoc and wreaking all kinds of destruction on other people, right? But that compassion and forgiveness, and you can argue that forgiveness is maybe the ultimate expression of compassion, you know, is the thing that helps to bring to bring each other together, but it also helps to bring us together, <laughs> ourselves together. And and I think that that's, again, something that's not always an easy thing to do, but is the necessary thing to do. So let's talk about beer and let's close this one off because uh, I've definitely got to get myself running. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we are drinking from whistler brewing company it's called variable conditions hazy ipa brandon what do you think yeah i like it man it's it's good uh i always like hazy ipa but sometimes they're real strong and they're like a real punch in the face <laughs> and this one's been uh it's been nice it's been smooth and tasty and uh i appreciate it so um yeah it was a good choice uh yeah, uh, Whistler Brewing Co. Uh, looks like yeah they did a good job. They did a good job with this one because yeah I mean I usually like them regardless, but sometimes they're they're like oh man like this is such a this is such a punch in the face that it's hard to you know drink any more of it you know and sometimes I even find myself like as much as I like them. Sometimes I'll, I have one that's real strong. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like halfway through. I'm like, I guess I'll finish it because it's here. But it's like, you know, with this one, it's been going down real smooth and nice, and, you know, all the way to the bottom. And uh, it has good balance. So I'll say that about it. All right. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. <laughs> so yeah, I won't say any much more to it. Yeah, closing, uh, closing thoughts. Oh, my God. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that we've had this conversation because... This has taken us into some into some depths of some things of you know the depths of some real human shit and and that's really so much about what artistry is about diving in to some subject into some idea uh, that takes us into some part of ourselves uh, not just individually but collectively and and coming away with some new perspective on on pain and on suffering because i mean that's so much of what being a human is about as much as we might hate to ad admit to it it i mean it's not of course it's not only just that it's it's filled with all kinds of beauty and joy and or but you know sometimes the you know, sometimes the the most profound joys that that we feel come out of 
healing some sort of long-held suffering, right? That maybe we've known was there for a long time or maybe we didn't know was there, but that feeling of, of letting that thing go can be so like it it can be such an it can be such a a profound cathartic joy that it's like you know it's it could become one of the moments in your life that you'll always remember just because of how you felt in that in that moment right so i think that that's very much a, a part of this conversation i don't know if there's any one thing necessarily I'm walking away from this con conversation with, but it's been, it has been a very cathartic conversation for me and a reminder again, just to show ourselves some compassion, show ourselves some forgiveness for Things that we don't even actually, like, there's nothing to forgive, right? In, in, in a kind of way, there's nothing to forgive. What, you made a mistake because you're a fucking human being? And you've made multiple of them and you're gonna, and you're gonna make more mistakes as your life goes on? Like, how, how, when will it be enough for you to finally just accept yourself and accept that that's a part of what comes with this thing called life and being a human, right? How, how much is it going to take until you, until we, until I, <laughs> until all of us can, can do that, can accept ourselves and forgive ourselves for our lives and again to to open ourselves up into a more creative space because i think that that's ultimately uh, a big part of where letting go of regret takes us and it takes us into a more creative space in our lives it leaves more room for us to to go and do the things that that we love and to spend more of our time in a joyful space because I think creativity comes so much from that. It's, it comes from a place of, of joy. Even when there's pain there, it's, it's part of that catharsis, you know? Like that's, I think that's why art that comes, I, maybe that's the mistake that happens in, in art. You know, it's like, oh, it's got to be a tortured artist. And it's like, no, but you understand that there's, that's actually joy. That pain that has been transmuted to joy. It's been cathartic because there's some sort of, there's some sort of truth. There's some sort of healing and forgiveness that's happening there. That's telling us about that capacity that we have within ourselves to do that. This talk has been awesome for me. It's, there's been so much good stuff that's come out of it. It is hard to, to say, you know, this is my takeaway because there were a lot of takeaways. So like, you know, what one would I choose? Something that I, that I do recognize is this idea of being a champion. It's, you know, and not a victim. This has definitely been a pursuit of my life, you know, and I feel like, um, 
I feel like that's the story we're all after. How do we write our narrative to not be the victim and to, to instead be the champion? And I think we all want to, we, we all kind of wish to be the hero, but I don't think we know what a hero is. I think we have this really fucked up idea of what a hero is and what a champion is. And um, I was thinking about as you were talking, I was like, you know, when I played uh, when I played soccer back in the day, you know, I played for, you know, the first teams I played for were very winning teams. We won like everything. And we won the provincial cup and I got this gold medal and all of that and got to hold the trophy and all of that stuff. And then um, I'm not sure if this, it was the next year or the year after, but I got cut from that team. And the next team I played for was a division down. I had to go down a division because I got cut from my team and it was brutal and it hurt. And I played actually, by the way, in those, in those, uh, tryouts, I played the best I'd ever played. And the parents were noting it and they were like, wow, like, you know, cause over that summer and over that year, I just fucking found my stride, but nothing I would have done would have been enough. And it was one of those things where I just had to kind of accept that it didn't matter. Like I was going to get cut. They could, they already kind of had determined that. And, and it made sense. Like if you look at my lineage of my career and where I was and how, kind of I've shared this a bit on the podcast like I I was very behind everybody and I was really like catching up to all these great players that I was playing with and they were they were the top division team and I was this kind of guy that was lucky to even be on the squad and by the time we got to that tryout you know I was playing probably at their level but it wasn't good enough and the coaches had already kind of decided that they were going to cut me and there were other players and you know my track record was what it was Anyway, the point of the story is, is that the next team I went to, because it was a division down, the coach decided that I was like, you know, and I was playing well. He, he said, you know, I'm the captain, I'm the free kick taker, I'm like everything, right? So all of a sudden I'm this fucking really important person. I was a bench warmer on the other team and now I'm the fucking, like the guy, right? But it was a fucking losing team. I mean, we were we were relatively new, uh, you know, and we were, you know, we were a struggling team, right? We weren't a provincial cup, like champion team. And I had to learn how to be a, a champion on a losing team. Now that's real championhood because being on a winning team is, it's almost easy. You expect to win. I mean, there's pressure that you need to win, but like being a team that is trying to figure out how to win, I feel like this is so much of our lives. We find ourselves, some of us, maybe we, 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 we just, it, we just tend to, I don't know, whatever. Some people, they just make like seemingly the right choices and they just end up in some kind of blessed territory seemingly. And I'm not going to say, I know the ins and outs of that, but whatever. But most of us, I think we, we end up in these jobs. We don't really like not living the dream. We said we wanted as a kid and all of that. And then we, we hit a certain point where we've got to figure it out. Do I give up? Do I just accept defeat? Or do I still have a chance? Is there still something inside of me? Is there a vision, something to bring out to light? And I think if you just end up submitting to your regrets and your and all of this stuff, you you submit to victimhood. It's such an easy and seductive thing to do. And just to blame your past and say, hey, my parents, blah, 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 this and whatever, that and you know, you can justify your smallness and you could just live out the rest of your life in your smallness and everyone will accept you and say, yeah, that's fine. That's, that is you. Or 
you could say, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to rewrite the narrative. I'm going to try to turn this fucking life around. I'm going to try to win. I'm going to try to build a new vision, a new dream. I'm going to make something out of this position that I'm in and I'm going to step forward into whatever that is. And you, you pointed this out and I guess this is the last thing I'll leave everybody with. It's the compassion to not, to not blame yourself, to not blame anyone else, to understand that you didn't know and you were human. And if your parents did something that wasn't so good, that they were human and everybody was human and everybody was making a whole bunch of fucking mistakes. And here you are a whole fucking mess of humanity that fucking everyone else's fault, but yours. And it left you here. And this is where you are. And you can decide, you know what? I'm still going to try to write this ship. And I think that's what a fucking champion does. I think that's, that's what a fucking champion does. And a champion goes, I'm not going to blame anyone anymore. I'm not going to fucking make excuses anymore. I'm just going to go, this is where I am. This is where I fucking woke up today. And this is who I am. And this is my life. And let's fucking try taking a step in that direction. And that's way of the artist. Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.